0: Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. I'm excited today. Today's a special day. How many of you people were here last week? How many of y'all enjoyed last week? Yeah? Wasn't that awesome? So, so, true story. You remember the chief of police and and, and the officers? They, They were sitting over here, right? And so, uh, so, you know, obviously they're, they're not used to Christian services and stuff like that, you know? So, so they were standing here and after, after we finished worshiping, I went over and just kind of get a feel and, uh, they were like, man, you know what? Those songs were, were awesome. Stuff like that. And he said, Hey, pass, but don't you guys have, have the book? And I'm like, what do you mean the book? Like the Bible? Yeah, we got the book. Like, he's like, no, no, the selection book. I said, selection book. He said, yeah, for the karaoke. <laughs> I kick him in his shit he's reading the words he's like you know for them he's identifying oh man this is great karaoke i was like oh dude man i prayed for him immediately i did i swear <laughs> um i i uh in in my rounds i visited um the uh the police department because you know uh, they they need they need ministry they need they need prayers um and uh and, and the chief just wanted to convey how blessed he was in regards to the ministry here and uh, um, for us honoring and especially for, for the blessing of the shield, uh, for the blessing upon uh, those men and women that give so much. And uh, today's then happens to be Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend. And we are the ones that could not go away for the three-day weekend. So we're here and we're worshiping together. Amen. Um, Memorial Day, unlike Veterans Day, it, it is a U.S. federal holiday. Um, it occurs every year on the last Monday in May. Um, it's a day that remembers the men and women who gave the ultimate price. Like on Veterans Day, we, we honor all of those that are in service. Uh, Memorial Day, we, we honor those that, that paid the ultimate price and, and laid down their lives in the act of service. Uh, it was formerly known as Decoration Day. Uh, it originated after the American Civil War to commemorate the Union and the Confederate. You, you ever see a family feud? That's kind of like what the Civil War was like. It was the North against the South. It was the uh, Unions against the Confederates. And and after that war, after that took place, all of those lives that were lost were now being recognized and and, and they wanted to honor those lives. And by the 20th century, Memorial Day had been extended to honor um, all Americans that have died while in their service to their country. Interesting note, Memorial Day and the flag. When when, when they fly the flag on Memorial Day, they briskly bring the flag up to the point of the staff, and then they slowly bring the flag down to half-mass. To honor those and to remember those that gave their lives and at noon at 12 o'clock noon then the flag is raised up immediately to the top and it honors basically those that are living or or, are saying we're gonna we're gonna stand in their stead we're gonna take their place and honor their lives by continuing what they were fighting for amen that half-staff position remembers more, the more than a million men and women who gave their lives in service to their country. And, 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 and that noon memory is raised by the living who resolve to set their sacrifices and not let it be in vain. So today I want to kind of speak to you a little bit about Memorial Day Applied. You know, the peak, we're, we're about faith. We're not just about faith and systematic theology. We're about solid understanding of the Word of God. It's the full counsel of God. It's It's not the king buffet. I'm going to take a little bit of here. I'm going to take a little bit of there. What we want to do here is understand the fullness of His Word and then how we apply it in our lives. Because without application... Yeah, you could be a bookworm, you could be the smartest person in the room, but if you get to have all of that knowledge filled in your mind, but you can't step out to your house and apply it, all of that knowledge is worth what? Ain't doing you no good. So, 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 it's about knowledge applied. Here at the peak, it's about faith applied. The proof is in the pudding. Come on. The tree is known by the fruit it produces. I, 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 I can't. People that would go out and call themselves a Christian, uh, yeah, I'm a Christ follower. I believe that Jesus Christ died in my place, but yet I'm living in defeat. Yet I'm living stricken by fear. Yet anxiety's got a grip on me. Can I tell you something? If we have Christ in His in all of His fullness, in all of its understanding, we as His children ought not be living as the people within the world that have no hope. So everything that is preached here at the peak, if we cannot apply it in our lives and see the fruit of it, we shouldn't have to tell people we're Christians. Huh? St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times and use words only when necessary. If a man can't look at me in the eye and see that there's something different, then there's something wrong. Now because it's Memorial Day, you know, coming up, I've seen my fair share of war movies. How many people seen any war movies? War movies? You know, I was born in 1973. That was kind of like, nobody be doing the math. Um, I was born in 73, and that was like when the Vietnam War was, was ending. And uh, as it was ending, there were a lot of movies came out. I remember one movie, uh, one of the first ones I saw as a kid, because, you know, that's when we had the HBO where you had to point the antenna to the Empire State Building and that little box on it. Y'all don't even remember that. (laughs) This guy, Francis Coppola, directed this movie. And in in 1971, was it 76? Apocalypse Now. That, That movie was so trippy. It was hallucinogenic. I mean, if you weren't high while you were watching it, by the time you finished watching it, yo, you was you was turned up. You were like, what? Groovy, man. And it was about a U.S. Army officer serving in Vietnam, and he uh, he was tasked with assassinating a Special Forces Colonel who flipped out and went crazy and 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 thought he was God. Uh, the movie uh, starred uh, a very young Martin Sheen, Marlon Brando, and and Robert Duvall. A couple of years after that, uh, Platoon came out. Now, Platoon was a great movie. huh? Oliver Stone, it won like four Oscars. I don't know how many Tonys. Um, it was regarded by many uh, critics as one of the best movies about the Vietnam War. So if you want to know and get a feel as to what it was about and what those soldiers lived on, Platoon is one that would uh, uh 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 portray that. Um after Platoon about a year later then then another movie came out called Full Metal Jacket. 1987 this war film directed and co-written by Stanley Kubrick was all about uh, soldiers and uh, uh uh getting becoming and trained. It was all about that 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 boot camp that uh um uh uh Paris Island, you know, United States Marines, how, how you break a man to build up a soldier. Some things you got to break off of man in order to get him to become a team player and part of a unit rather than an individual. Now, out of all of the war movies that kind of came out, there's one that really stands out to me. It, it affected me. It impacted me. Amen. And that was Saving Private Ryan. How many people remember Saving Private Ryan? Tom Hanks, uh, Matt Damien, Vin Diesel, um, Captain John Miller, who was played by Tom Hanks, uh, takes his men behind enemy lines in order to be able to find and bring out Private James Ryan. Now, why this was so important was because Private James Ryan had three brothers, and there was, there were four brothers, the, the, the Ryan brothers, and three of them were already killed in combat, and he was the last male Ryan that was left, and when the commanding officers realized that, they said, man, we can't let this, this mom who's lost so much, you know, lose her last son, and so they sent them out behind enemy lines to find Private Ryan and pull him out alive. So, great movie. But the opening scene of this movie, which takes place July 24th of uh, uh June 6th, I mean, of 1944. And it shows how during this war, World War II, the, the men are coming up upon the, the shores of Normandy. And, and they're almost in this kind of like steel boat. And, and an entire platoon is kind of like, the, I mean, uh, four walls of steel coming up. Coming up upon the shores of normandy and and on those shores it's elevated and they 've got these high caliber guns and fortresses kind of built and they're they're just waiting for these guys to come up onto the shore and and in one of the most dramatic i think impactful scenes that i've ever saw in my life uh, the, as they were coming in the, the 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 door would drop down, and as soon as those guys were just dropping i mean they they were like sardines in a can how do you even get out And, and you're being bombarded with an onslaught of high caliber bullets and guys are dropping and and they're just i mean wave after wave after wave of men coming upon this shore this was a 27 minute scene on the opening of private ryan and i thought to myself what would it be to be a soldier called out on to task this Uh, unbelievable unbelievable it's a fact that um the standard military definition of these men coming together two or more men gathered together to complete a task and or mission these guys were willing to to give everything they have in order to make sure that they won this war and the war was for freedom it was for freedom Facing death, certain death. Facing certain death, soldiers fight. Regardless of the circumstances, a soldier never surrenders. A soldier's duty is to observe and serve. Whether in life or in death, he serves. See, when a young man enlists, he goes in as a young man. But when he's done with his training... He comes out a soldier and so on a day like uh, on a weekend like this we remember those soldiers who have paid the ultimate price for our freedom the luxury that we have we take it for granted we take it for granted I- I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that because because if you travel to a third world country if you were to leave the United States of America and cross the seas you you would never understand or appreciate the freedoms and the luxuries that we have here today. A lot of people are going to want to come up and, and, and twist it and the history of this and the history of that and come across. But don't get it twisted. Anywhere you go, people are fighting, dying, paying, pushing, doing whatever they can to come upon this land. Because of the freedoms and the luxuries and the privileges that... We work hard, we play hard. This is about earning and making a life, but it's about doing it within the freedoms and construct of society. And so this morning, uh, I felt that uh, uh, Paul sent me this, this video. It's called A Warrior's Pledge, and, it, and it's Ronald Reagan, and it's speaking about uh, the men and the women that paid the ultimate sacrifice. Let's check this out now.
1: The price for this freedom at times has been high. But we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses, or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Pork Chop Hill the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small-town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it, we will not surrender for it now or ever. We
0: are Americans. Does anyone have a family member or a loved one um, that gave up their life in the service to their country? Anyone? Yeah? Yeah. Amen. This morning, we want to honor your family members and your loved ones, those that paid the ultimate price for the freedoms that we don't want to take it in vain and granted. Um, amen. So I'm just going to offer a moment of silence for, for those Americans that displayed their love with the ultimate sacrifice. <sighs> Lord, Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning thanking you, Lord. Today was not granted to everybody. It wasn't promised to anybody. And yet, Lord, we're we're alive, and there's there's air in our lungs, and there's a heartbeat in our chest, and we thank you, God, for life. And, Father, we thank you um, that we had the privilege of being born in the greatest country, it's got its history. It's got its, its dark markers and moments. But, Father God, this is a country that was founded truly upon your word. It was, it was in pursuit, Father God, of the freedoms that are inalienable rights, Lord God, granted to all of creation by you, our creator. We understand and recognize that we are one nation under God. For the liberty and the privileges, Father, that you have granted us. And we take this moment to honor And show gratitude, Lord, for those that paid the ultimate sacrifice, Father. That gave up their lives for what we have here this morning, Lord. We thank you for it and we honor it, Lord. By lives that are lived in service to you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. There's a lot to be said about this type of sacrifice, We may many times take our faith for granted, not realizing that the same can be said of persecuted Christians throughout all of history. In fact, there's an entire book called Fox's uh, uh, Book of Martyrs, Voices of the Martyrs. And it it gives this topic a platform because it outlines and, and shows us all of those people that have given their lives for our faith. In fact, Fox's uh, Voice of the Martyrs, um, it, 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 it shows us those that chose to die for their belief in Jesus Christ. It starts with the first century Christian, And this is one of those things that you got to kind of put your mind to it. Because there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there, you know. Uh, uh, well, you know, yeah, well, Jesus died, he was crucified. Yeah, we've got historical proof of that. Uh, we have extra-biblical proof. Uh, outside of the bible historical books in regards to the prosecutions there's roman writings that tell us about the times and the moments of this of this that that they crucified this man and that on the third day he defied the grave and rose from the dead but you know how people are the roman soldiers imagine what you know uh they're they're about to be killed because they were tasked with the assignment of 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 guarding that grave so they've got to answer to that. Where's the body? Where's the body? Oh, well, you know, sh- sh- his disciples, they, they stole the body. They came in and they, 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 they must have put something in our wine because we all fell asleep. We got, we got a little twisted. But, 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 but that's what happened. They came and they stole the body. But then, of course, this doesn't make much sense then. Because in the first century, one by one, they, they chose to die. Would you, would you die for a lie? Come on. You could, you could put something up for a certain amount of time, but when it comes down to your life, life and death, would, would you choose to die for a lie? And yet many of us choose to, uh, choose not to live for the truth. starting with the first centuries the martyrs stephen james the great matthew james the less matthias andrew mark peter paul jude bartholomew thomas luke simon the zealot john the beloved one by one each and every single one of them chose to die they would not renounce the name of jesus christ they know what they know they saw what they saw. They received what they received, and there was no way. They don't choose to fear the person who can kill off the body. I don't, I don't fear, man. This body's going to go to the dirt anyway. Whether I leave today, tomorrow, three years from I'm living to leave. I know I'm going to die. Whether that happens today, whether it happens 30 years from now, it's going to happen. God takes away the fear of death when he places eternity within our hearts. When we accept the, the, that gift of our sins being eradicated, that, that we could be in right relationship with God, even though I've done some things, he chooses to call me son. And when we answer that, he places and deposits within us his Holy Spirit. That you know, that you know, that you know. Listen, I don't have to be a theological scholar. I don't need to know systematic theology, proper hermeneutics. I don't need to know all of the interpretations and translations and transliterations of the Septuagint and and the the Masoretic text or the Latin Vulgate and, and all of this history in regards to the Word of God. That's all good. It's still standing. It's still the number one bestseller. It's still the most accurate historical book ever written by any man it has prophecies that declares god to be the creator knowing the end is the beginning and the beginning as the end it is the bible and even though this book stands still and stands on its own like no other historical writing in the history of this world and we can have a good grasp of that. But the Bible says that this is how they defeated the adversary. It was by the blood of the Lamb, the work of Calvary, and by the word of their testimony. See, because I could sit down and we could talk all of this theological debate and, and, and this and that and this translation and this application and all of that is good, it's fine, it's dandy, it's exciting. I don't know, I love it. However... The one thing that someone cannot take away from me is the experience that I've had. That I was a sinner lost completely, completely lost in the world. And the moment I cried out to God, Jesus showed up in my life. It changed my heart. It changed my heart. The things I used to enjoy doing, I recognized and realized how foolish they were. And the things I ran from all my life, was the very thing that I just wanted to grab a hold of. He transformed my heart. He changed the way I think, the way I feel, the things that I do. You could talk all the things you wanted to bring up all of these conspiracy theories, but the one thing that you cannot take away from me is my salvation experience, that Jesus is real, and his Holy Spirit comes and empowers and guides us to do the impossible. These men had it. And one by one, they chose to die for it. It didn't stop there with the early church. It continued through the persecutions into the 2nd century and into the 20th century. Persecutions under the Roman Empire. Names like Ignatius of Antioch, Origen, Siperian, Polycarp of Smyrna. All killed for, for their faith. Persecution during the Middle Ages with Christian soldiers such as Boniface, Bishop Gellert, and the Crusades. (laughs) Bring it generations past that and you see the Reformation and I'm sure you'll recognize names such as William Tyndale, perhaps the Anabaptist or Lambert, and of course the contributions of John Calvin. Five-point Calvinism, huh? Great men, scholars of the word, men of God, but chose to die for their faith. These persecutions, they've, they've continued through the 16th century, uh, England and Europe, the, the, the enlightenment and, and the ages of reason and during this industrial revolution of manufacturing into the 21st century and especially through until today. Right. South Asia, East and North Africa, Central Asia, Europe, East Asia, Southeast Asia, Africa, and the Americas. They are persecuting and killing Christians, beheading us. I mean, over 163,000 Christians die for their faith every year. Come on, the the 163,000 of our brothers and sisters are being put to death because they profess the truth of the gospel. They're professing peace. We are peaceful people. And yet they look at us with such disdain, with such re- uh, 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 awe just they they, they hate us there 's a hatred towards us, and meanwhile, we just want to love on people. We want to love on people. Hey, listen, you know we can live together we can we can all get along, but you know what I choose not to do that that 's not oh, what are you now holier than thou Oh, what why you think you're better than me well because you don 't want to go out and you don 't want to Why, why, you think you're better than me? And yet we're able to live this life empowered by the Holy Spirit that, that brings forth righteousness and truth and love. You know what I'm saying? Meeting people right where they're at. Come on. Let anyone be careful if they think they stand, lest they fall. It's just every single one of us. We're, we're one temptation, one bad day, one person that'll get us twisted. I mean, we could, we could slip up and trip up at any given moment in time. At any given moment in time, we're not better than anybody. We're not better than anybody. But 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 I found a well that satisfied a thirst I didn't even know I had. All my life chasing and pursuing and trying to find the fulfillment of life. And the one thing that I was running from was the very thing that had the answer. I'm just just another hungry man showing other hungry men where to where there's good bread, there's good food. I ain't telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what this did for me. Did you know that half of all the Christians that have ever died for their faith did so in this century alone? Over 35 million. You know, we have this luxury. We, we live here in this country and, and, and it was one that was founded upon spiritual truths. And, 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 and we take this for granted. We really do. And now we, we're, people, we're allowing attacks on the freedoms that, 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 because you know what? We are peaceful. Uh, we don't want to rustle any further. I don't want to be confrontational. I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with all this now. But, but you know what, family? At some point in time, there's going to come the time that you're going to have to make a stand for your faith. The very nature of the word Christian, christ follower one who identifies with christ that lives for christ the the very word implies this pursuit of an individual group of this individual of jesus it takes a special faith to be able to stand and look at look at death in its face and and not be moved not have fear in my heart if for a moment i would like to honor those who have paid the ultimate price Not for the freedoms of of government, but for the freedoms to carry on the message of eternal life. These individuals have proven themselves to be soldiers in this army of the Lord. You know, I sometimes uh, think uh, of the kingdom of heaven, and and I kind of liken it to a soldier that that went behind enemy lines and, and got amnesia. Alright, so y'all think I'm a little, I know I can, I'll explain it, you know. The Bible says, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. So how many people could say that we can basically come under to the determination that we were in relationship with God before we took on physical bodies? We were already in relationship with God. We were already soldiers with around them. And we were given and tasked. That task to be able to come in and have this earthly experience. But part of this task of having this earthly earth, we We had a commanding officer and we had some orders. And we take those orders and now we transition and come into this earthly realm. But in the transition of this earthly realm, we're now brought, brought in and, and birthed as babies. And when we transition and 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 come in into this world, it's like we have amnesia. We were in, we were in relationship with God. We, we were obviously spiritual beings. And now we're these spiritual beings having this earthly experience. But part of this earthly experience coming behind enemy lines is that we're starting from scratch and, and our minds are, we've got to learn all of this stuff over again. But what happens is that when, when in Rome you do as the, Oh, come on now. And so it's the blind leading the blind. I come in and I'm trying to, I'm in survival mode because when you don't know what you're doing or how, you're in survival mode. And you follow the teachings and you follow the traditions that are kind of brought upon you and, 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 but we're, we're, here we are soldiers with amnesia. And we're trying to figure it out. And, and we don't figure it out until we have this born again experience. It's now all of a sudden we, we come back and we realize, oh man, I'm behind enemy lines and I'm falling into the the lies of the adversary there's an awakening that takes place when when we recognize and appropriate the blood sacrifice of Jesus over our lives then now we are righteous and holy before his sight and we are now in right relationship with our father now we're able to say my God you gave us an order there is a purpose for my life there is a reason why I'm here now in this season my God begin to reveal to me and use me now as a soldier as a son of obedience and not disobedience turn with me if you will to second timothy chapter two verses two and four if you don't have your bible shame no let me stop <laughs> that's all right you can pick out your iphone <laughs> that's the U version it's it's legit <laughs> And and if you don't have either a device or or the word, um, we'll have it up on the screen for you. And the word of the Lord is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. How many people know that we have a faith that's created and intended to be generational? Share in the suffering as a good soldier in Christ. Oh, wait, hold on a second, Pastor. But they, they told me that if I was gonna become a Christian, that my life is gonna become cushy. What's this suffering part? What is this business? I thought I could have my best life now. Isn't that what Christianity offers? Huh? I want, no? Because if not, then I don't want it. This is a faith of, 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 of suffering. And we suffer as what? good soldiers of christ jesus the bible acknowledges and calls us soldiers in this fight and it says that no soldier entangled is gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him so if we are christian soldiers in this thing advancing a kingdom with purpose and intentionality what it's saying is that don't get tied up with the things of this world why are you getting caught up and catching feelings with, with things that, they're fleeting. They're passing away. It doesn't even matter. Stop getting entangled in the things of this world. Don't put your eyes on the things that are passing away, but put your eyes upon the things that are eternal and start living out your purpose as a soldier in this thing. What, what does it mean to be a soldier? We're being called out to be soldiers. What, what does it mean to be a soldier? I, I want to point out three things that are very uh, obvious to me as 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 Pastor Obvious. Once you enlist, your life is no longer your own. Once you enlist, you're given a number and you're identified as a number. You are no longer an individual. You are no longer a person. You are part of a team that's that's much greater than you. It's called the army of one. You're one unit operating different tasks. We are the body of Christ. We're all operating different gifts, but being applied for the advancement of his. Come on. As a soldier, your life is no longer your own. It belongs to the one that you contracted and pledged it to. And as Christians, we are soldiers and we've we've pledged our lives to Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse one and two, it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, only then, family, will you be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Huh? Living sacrifices. How about that? You know how they used to bring the sacrifice and tie it up and bring it onto the altar and we're, we're volunteers. You don't even have to tie me up, Lord. My life is yours. Whether I live or I die, I recognize that I live. And if I've, you've given me this life and created me with a purpose, once that purpose is fulfilled, my God, I'm looking to go home. As a Christian soldier, you have been purchased With the highest price, the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And your duty is no longer to serve yourself, but to serve him who enlisted you. What does dying to self look like? What does that look like? I'm going to die to myself. You no longer reflect the pattern of this world. You begin to reflect the pattern of the kingdom. You shouldn't look like everybody else. You're a holy nation to be separated and set apart. Huh? You're spiritual high priests within this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. In fact, the Bible even calls us pilgrims, aliens. We're, we're aliens passing through. That's all it is. Why do we, do we put all of our eggs in this basket when there's another basket? There's another basket family. And we should be storing our rewards there. Dying to self and living to God. Not my will. Your will be done, oh God. Second point is that as a soldier, you you recognize that there's a chain of command. You don't call the orders. You don't call the shots. Well, you can, but you got to work up that thing. (laughs) Matthew 8, 5 and 10 says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a a centurion came to him asking for help. All right, So here's a Roman soldier coming, a centurion. He wasn't just a private. Here's an officer. Lord, he said, My servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. Listen to the centurion's reply. Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But as you say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one to go, and he goes. And that one to come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Think about Jesus' response. He hasn't found anyone in Israel? Hold on a second. Your cousin, John the Baptist. Greater faith than John? Greater, Greater faith you haven't seen? And only because this man understood the chain of command... We're in a spiritual battle, not a physical one. The centurion understood that he's in a physical battle and he has an authority. But he's looking at Jesus, listening to his teachings, seeing the works that he does and understands that this is a man of authority in the spiritual realm. His spiritual eyes were open. Here the centurion soldier recognizes that Jesus is no mere man. He is also no mere soldier. He recognized that Jesus was the CO. How many people know what the CO is? That's the commanding officer. I see those who follow you. I recognize your authority. Not only here in earthly matters, But more importantly, in the spiritual ones, all you have to do is say the word. Because if there ever was a king, you're the king. Even now as believers in this church, I I recognize a chain of command to submit to the rules that govern the work that must be completed. And we work as a team in order to accomplish the impossible. Jesus is in it, and if he's in it, he's going to manifest himself. (sighs) Finally, the third point, as a Christian soldier, we all put on the same uniform. You ever notice the uniformity of of, of a platoon, of of the army? They all got, the only thing that distinguishes them is their ranks, right? Non-commissioned officers to officers. But as a, as a Christian soldier, we put on the same uniform. We, we, we may dress a little differently, but in some ways we should all look alike. I'll explain. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. The Bible says, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Okay, And so as soldiers, when we put on Christ, we're living unto who? We're living unto Jesus. Not my will, but your will be done. And so ultimately, we can look a little differently. We could dress a little differently. But if we all have Christ as our covering, that means that we're recognizing that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That means that I ought to look more like Jesus than I do myself. See, as believers, when we enlist, we are covered by the blood of Christ. We all put on his righteousness. Not my righteousness. My righteousness is what? Filthy rags before the Lord. And so is yours. But when we put on Christ... It's not our righteousness that we display. It's His righteousness that now becomes upon display and we begin to resemble Him. And if you resemble Him and you resemble Him and you resemble Him and I resemble Him, we all may look different, but we all look. Come on. We got a uniform. We have a uniform to clothe us in Christ is to put Him on that we put on Christ. Huh? We make no provisions to the flesh. That's what that looks like. That means that we have self-discipline. You know, we go out and somebody offers us something. Nah, you know what? I'm good. Thank you. Just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean that it's okay. Doing nothing to foster the sensual desires and appetites of the flesh. Putting all civil concerns aside. This is not that serious. We take on the greater spiritual responsibility. And sometimes that means sacrifice. Allowing our uniform to be seen by the fruit of the Spirit. Let those be the marks of your uniform. If you want to rank, if you want to show some bars... You want to show that rank? You want to show them bars on the shoulder, the the spiritual rank? You know where the spiritual rank comes from? Galatians chapter 5. This is what we ought to look like. Pick up chapter 5 right around the 22nd verse. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says that against such things there is no law. Who can speak bad about these things? Who can speak bad about them? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with all of its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I love that. Let us keep step, in step with the Spirit. Because, you know, that's the mark of a good platoon, soldiers. You ever see them all lined up? You got four squads. Lined up, you got about 40 men, and they're all standing in ranks, right? They're all standing in their position, each separated from each other. You go left face, everybody. Two, two, right face. Two, two, forward, forward. Everybody is in step in step ain't nobody you move as a unit you operate as a unit you think as a unit this is what it is to be a soldier and you received your command and when you receive your command you execute it as a as a soldier as a platoon together to be in step that cadence and what he's saying is that there's a spiritual cadence family there's a spiritual cadence, a spiritual rhythm in the kingdom of God. And when we are born again, we, we fall into that rhythm and we begin to get in step. Not only are we in step with the Holy Spirit, but if I'm in step with the Holy Spirit, that means that I'm also going to be in step with... Come on. Because we're going to move like a unit. Now, man can't do this alone. They must have training. huh? They have to have been broken and, and built back up and be able to fall under command of his or her superiors. An understanding and recognition of the chain of command. He, he, you, we, we undergo a boot camp. That boot camp is that position of dying of self, being broken, recognizing that some of the things that we've allowed in our lives have no purpose in our lives. And, and if we thought like a child and acted like a child, but when I became a man, I put childish, set, set these carnal things to the side and, and fulfill the call and, and, and grow up in the kingdom. We complete our MEPS, military entrance program. A person must first enlist and swear in before putting on the uniform. And we as Christians must, must, when we hear the gospel, we have to act upon it. And then we're sworn in, and we put on that uniform of Jesus Christ. And so my, my question to you, is there anyone here? We've got a lot of enlisted soldiers right in this room. We've got a lot of enlisted soldiers, and we've got all different ranks, from commanding officers to non commissioned officers to 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 privates. Maybe even got a couple of plebes in here. y'all don't know that. <laughs> But it's important that we recognize and make a choice to enlist and so my question to you church is, have you enlisted yet? Have you taken the oath or said the prayer that would cause the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to clothe you with himself to cover you, to cover your sins and and then display his glory see he he comes and covers our skins and yet displays His glory to be covered with the Lamb of God. Oh, have you put on that uniform? Listen, family, we are in war. There is a war going on out there and it's getting hot. They want to come against the things of God, even the very laws of nature and negate and refute him but God's called us into this battle. There's a fierce battle going on right now, and many of his soldiers are dying out there. They're getting killed off. Our brothers and sisters are getting decapitated, they're getting murdered, and they're getting killed. And what the sad part is that the news won't even really display what's taking unless unless you have that underground like like they're not even they're not even showing how bad the situation is. We're in warfare. Today is the day of change. The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the Historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.